This is two girls, two one ghost. Two girls, one ghost. I got called ghost girl at work yesterday, and it really was the best compliment in the world. Who called you that? And uh, in, in what context did they call you that? Well, I'm called that constantly, but I can't remember what we were talking about, but I think I said something snarky, and then my coworker goes, okay, ghost girl. And I oh, was good. thrilled because I feel like a superhero when someone calls me ghost girl. That is a good feeling. No one calls me that, but I think I should encourage my friends to start. Yeah, we should be called ghost girls. Ghost girls. Um, I went on a date last night. <gasps> How'd it go? horribly <laughs> horribly oh no for so many reasons Tell but me. <laughs> one of the reasons that definitely contributed and hit me hard was he didn't know what a ghost was like just straight up did <gasps> not know what a ghost was how what i don't know like when you're a child you hear ghost stories if you go to a sleepover yeah. if you go camping if you go in boy scouts girl scouts Halloween. He just movies. Never heard of a ghost. Yeah, he, I, I had to repeat it three times, and then finally I was like, you know, like paranormal spirits, and he was like, okay, like had no idea what I was saying. I'm in shock. Wait, and he's older too, right? Yeah, maybe he's actually a the lizard man. <laughs> it's very possible. Not a real human. Not raised on Earth. <laughs> I okay I live through your dates because I don't get to have any and so I never have any experiences like this and I have you noticed that they are getting worse and worse (laughs) as they go I don't know does it get any worse than having like a possessed like boyfriend one person took a picture of me remember that one they snuck a photo of me and then tried to send it to their friend but accidentally sent it to me while we were still on the date that was awkward. <laughs> <laughs> so many good ones. So many good oh, ones. Man. But yeah, this one was like one at the top because he didn't know what a ghost was. Yeah, that's a sure no. Goodbye. Goodbye. See you ghost never. Ghost boy. <laughs> he doesn't even get the honor of having that name. So in our in our encounters episode, we talked about just dealing with both positive and negative feedback from people who listen. And you want to know who built me up and then just shoved me right back down this week? (laughs) Who? Someone in your family? My brother. Yep. I was going to say, someone in your family. (laughs) My brother Christian, he calls me. He's so excited. He started a new internship and he has a coworker named Audrey and they were just talking about podcasts. I don't know how it got brought up, but basically he found out that she listens to the podcast what and he called me and he's like oh my god and i was getting real excited i was like i can't believe it and we were both getting excited together and then he has to say yeah it's just so crazy because if i had said this to anyone else most of them don't listen to podcasts and even if they did listen to podcasts there's like a zero percent chance that they would know who you are and i was like great Um, thank you clearly that's not true build me up and just slap me right back down (laughs) what else is family for (laughs) he was like my hype man and then also my bully but that is so cool yeah i was so excited it's always exciting when you hear that like through the grapevine someone listens i love when i see people join our facebook group and we have one mutual friend and it's like a random person that i haven't talked to in a long time i'm like they clearly didn't tell this person to listen to it see everyone's connected 
Yeah. Oh, speaking of our Facebook, we have a big thank you to say, and also just to tell everyone we're adding a new admin. Yes. And her name is Crystal. Thank you, Crystal. She actually was the first. She started our very first offshoot group, and it's the LA-based TGOG fan-based meetup group. And so she's our homie. She's looking she's out for homie. us from day one. Yeah. So Get all we yell into the podcast and the ghost stories. Oh, yeah. And all we ask is that you treat her nicely. And yes. we're still going to be admins and working really hard on the Facebook group and responding to everything and seeing everything. But Crystal's just going to help us out and make sure it's staying a safe space for everyone. And beyond that, here's one of the biggest changes that's going to happen in the Facebook group. Now, when you post to the Facebook group, it's not going to just automatically post on the page. It's going to be up for approval. And -hmm. we're doing this because a lot of things come out and a lot of people post the same thing on our Facebook group um, within the same week. So we'll have like 10 of the same posts within the same week. And we just want to make it more clean and more consolidated. So if you post... You might get a message saying like, oh, so sorry. Someone else already posted this this week. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, if you've seen something posted like a couple months ago in the Facebook group and you want to resurface it and bring it back, feel free. We'll accept those, especially since we'll have new Facebook uh, right. participants. We don't want them to miss out on old posts. Yeah. But just be mindful if someone's posted in the past week or two to just – yeah. Be aware that you probably won't get that post accepted just to make it more streamlined. Right. And we want all of your stories. Like your ghost stories are the best. They're all your cat pictures or dog pictures. Someone posted about a flamingo the other day. Oh my gosh, those baby flamingos. The baby flamingos. Um, so nothing really will change except for we're just going to try and keep it limited in terms of how many repeat posts there are. Exactly. That's exactly what the change is. Thank you for saying it in one sentence when I had to have a whole <laughs> monologue about it. <laughs> oh, I put way too much lemon juice in my tea and it's a struggle right now. I think that would taste great. It's like lemonade. Uh, It's very bitter. How are you doing? Because a few days ago, you couldn't even swallow. Oh, You know, I was doing great, and then I went into karaoke and drank vodka, and now I'm bad again. What is it? Laryngitis? Yeah, it's laryngitis. I'm not sure I've ever had it. Knock on wood. Knock on wood. This is for sure fake wood. (laughs) It's basically when your vocal cords are swollen, and every time you like speak or swallow or do any of those things, your vocal cords hit each other, and so it really hurts. So this podcasting thing is probably not the best for laryngitis but guys you need to be mute i make sacrifices for you guys i think that you have to do now that we do podcasting you have to act like all of those famous singers when they'll be (laughs) on vocal rest for the rest of the week you can't talk to anyone you have to be completely mute that's doable learn sign language i still really want to learn sign language i will i will too i'm gonna bring a notepad around with me and just write what i have to say on there or bring bananas and just write cryptic messages in them i know what you did okay this week's topic was chosen by one of our mama slash papas of the black eyed kids on patreon this was picked by david and he sent us a message saying hey gals i have an ambitious topic i read a theory that paranormal entities such as ghosts demons astral twins etc can be 
explained simply as glitches in the matrix in this cray-cray game of life. Ghosts can be explained as invisibility, cheat codes, etc. Shows such as Westworld and Black Mirror go into this topic, but I think it would be cool to go into real-world examples. Creepy coincidences like Corinne and Lucy, which is the story of Corinne and Mr. Piggy and then who Lucy and her and her pet pig. Um, So for episode 47, I humbly choose the topic of is paranormal activity just glitches in the matrix, which is kind of a hard topic, but we did it. We did it. (laughs) And then, oh, my gosh. And then this morning I woke up and I was convinced that I had actually dreamed that I did my research and I hadn't actually done it. Oh, that's the worst. What if you showed up to this recording right now? Totally unprepared. I would cry. I would break down. A glitch in the matrix. Maybe you did it in another. It's so possible. It's so possible. I just twitched my head like a glitch. Like, (laughs) robot malfunction. Robot. Oh, I actually have a mini matrix glitch of my own. You do? Yes. And I still think about this. I mean, I've had, I feel like a lot of people have glitch stories, but they just don't realize they do. Right. Like, just think about a time where you were like, I swear this happened, or I swear it was right here, or I swear I said this, or you said yeah. that, and well, the people are like, what are you talking about? The thing that it reminds me of is the email situation that you had. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that yeah. one. Yes, that was weird. And then like two months later, the same email came through as a new email. Well, to I was s- like, I've already read this, and I've already responded yeah. to it. And you were telling me about it after you read it, and then you couldn't find it for the life of you. And then it came through a few months later. I forgot about that. Oh, my gosh. That was totally a glitch. Yeah. But my other glitch that I think about a lot was when I was in high school, I was going with my friend Abby to the movies and we were texting and I was like, my mom will drive us there. And she was like, "Okay, my mom will pick us up and drive us back. Yeah. And I was sitting at my kitchen counter and literally read the text to my mom saying, Abby's mom will pick us up. And then we go to the movie we come out of the movie and we're just standing there at the front. And I said, is your mom coming? She goes, what? No. I said, I thought you said that your mom was picking us up. She was like, I never said that. I said, yes, you did. We texted about it like two hours ago. And I go into my text to be like, look, and nothing was there. Oh, my gosh. And I had like read it aloud to my mom two hours before. That's crazy. Did your mom remember you reading it to her? Yeah, she was confused, too. Guys, there's so much to talk about with this topic. And I I seriously, when I was writing my notes, I realized this morning as I was going through them, I had a one sided like a back and forth conversation with just myself in my notes because it was like I'd I'd write something and then I would contradict it by saying another thing. It's it's a tough topic. Yeah, because again, like so many of the things it's there are so many different examples of it, but all of them are different. And so when you think you know how it works, all of a sudden, something else proves it to be differently than that yeah it's crazy well should we start by talking about what the matrix is sure you can you can do that okay (laughs) (laughs) i don't know okay so everyone for the most part has heard of or seen the movie the matrix it came out which i have not yeah i saw i actually had seen it a long 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 time ago but i don't think i ever saw the whole thing but i think everyone knows the concept of it it came out in 1999 and if you did see it, it probably fucked with your mind and changed your entire concept of what life was. Um, and if you don't know of the movie, it depicts a dystopian future where reality is perceived as stimulated reality, a.k.a. The Matrix. And it was 
the matrix is created by machines in order to make the human population just chill the F out. And then Mm -hmm. they used human body heat as an energy source. So there's like all these examples of the matrix or thinking that you live in the matrix. It's experiences of deja vu, time slips, the Mandela effect, um, or I don't know, like for me, whenever I play the game Sims, I I just have this weird feeling that I'm actually in the game Sims and like our creators or whoever's playing us gave us the game Sims as like a, haha, you have no idea. That's like somewhat of the premise, somewhat the premise of the Simpsons movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, it like zooms out and they're like in a bubble going about their lives and there are other people above them. It's it's in so many the references yeah. are endless endless so but then i movies, feel like so many television shows so many books and the crazy thing is the the more that i think about it the more i get freaked out about it by it because i'm like i want to believe that i have free will and that every decision i make is something that i'm choosing to do <laughs> but when you think about the matrix for so long you're like well maybe i'm not maybe there's someone right. else dictating everything i'm doing and it's a computer program of sorts Maybe you do have free will to a certain extent, though, you know, maybe you can go about your life. But if you all of a sudden change courses and you were supposed to do this one thing, supposed to get in this car, supposed to get on that plane, supposed to meet this person. Yeah. The matrix will glitch and put you back on course. So maybe it's just certain things. Right. Yeah. I like to think we're not sure. We're not sure. But then it's like our the, the question that. David asks, is, are paranormal things glitches in the matrix? So that would mean that ghosts coming in or demons, for example, coming in are like glitches in the matrix and they're slipping through timelines or they're like uh, hacks in the program of life, which I'm like, mm-hmm. whoever is programming this is and putting demons in is a little shit because they're horrible. They're scary. And that I know I mentioned it a few episodes ago. I don't know if we kept it in when we were editing, but um, how people are coming out now saying Bigfoot or the Yeti, they believe it to be an interdimensional species, Mm -hmm. like it's slipping through and being in our dimension for a moment and then all of a sudden leaving. And that's why no one can ever find a trace. But it could very well be glitch in the matrix, too. It could be another cheat code, you know, like here comes the Yeti and all of a sudden he's gone. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of this has to do with like the construct of time and how how t- how we imagine time. Because time is something that we came up with, right? Like it's just a way that we can organize our lives and memories in a way that makes sense. And it's a way to keep like appointments and like we when we record, we're like, okay, we're recording at this time, and if we didn't have time, we wouldn't like we would be a, we'd be a mess. It'd be chaos. Right, but what you're describing is time as we know it, which is right. linear time. Right. But there's all this argument that time can overlap and time can yeah move forward and backwards and upwards and down and blah, 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 blah. And I just think humans are sometimes too smart and too dumb at the same time. <laughs> it's like we think about all these things and we want to prove it, but we don't know how, you know? Right. Our brains don't have the capacity for a lot of what's going on in the universe. I'll start off right now with the topic because I think it's my turn. I can't remember. It is because last episode during my story, I kept referencing your games in mine. Like, oh, oh you're a right. Similarity between 
right? Yeah, you're right. You are. You are spot on. Unless there's a glitch in the matrix and last time I actually <laughs> went first. <laughs> uh, you definitely went second. You can go first this time. Okay. Um, so mine has to do sort of with the Mandela effect. So I'm just going to start off by giving a little brief background of the phenomenon called the Mandela effect. This is a term used when a number of people have a false memory about a fact or an event. And the term was created because if we can remember 2013, Nelson Mandela passed away and a number of people realized that they had a vivid memory of Nelson Mandela dying while he was in prison in the 1980s. Mm-hmm. And they even remember watching TV footage and reading news clips covering his funeral and everything. But as we know, Nelson Mandela survived jail, was released from prison, and lived another three decades or so doing it's amazing so mind-blowing. Right. So this phenomenon is said to be caused by false memory, but many people believe it can be an example of a glitch in the matrix or like a parallel universe merging right. for just a moment into ours. What's crazy about this one is that so many people experience it together. It's not just like one person has this vivid memory of something. It's like half the world is on one side and the other half is on the other. And it's the details, the facts. It's all the same between people. And it's like, well, I mean, I understand that it's like witnesses in court are unreliable because they can be swayed and people will remember things that weren't actually there if you kind of lead them to that. But this is when it's that many people and they're all like, oh, yeah, I know that. It's just weird. Right. It's weird that everyone's mind would be like, that's exactly what happened. Right. And they remember where they were when it happened. It's just, Mm -hmm. yeah. So strange. Um. But so the Mandela effect, I feel like now that we have Internet and BuzzFeed and all those things, <laughs> a lot of posts come out about the Mandela effect, not right. just about Nelson Mandela, but about other things that are the Mandela effect. And we have some physical and photographic proof of the Mandela effect as well. So I'm going to give a few examples. Okay. Before I move into my story. The children's book, The Berenstein Bears is actually the Berenstain Bears. Which I hate so much. I know it as Berenstain. I know it's Berenstain too. Like, I distinctly remember Same. it being Berenstain Same. Bears. The books, however, read Berenstain, but we may have had a glitch because some people have physical proof that it was actually Berenstain, mm-hmm. including a VHS tape that someone has of the TV show that reads the Berenstain Bears. Yeah. Um, also, the line, Luke, I am your father, was never said. It was, no, I am your father. And even the actor who played Darth Vader remembers the line as being, Luke, I am your father. What? I, I, that's how I remember it, too. Everyone does. I don't know who remembers it as, no, I am your father. But the when you rewatch the movie, it's, no, I am your father. I like that the Matrix rewrote it because, Luke, I am your father is much better. Yeah. No, I am your father is stupid. <laughs> I mean, but even the, the actor is like, nah, I think I said Luke. But mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, maybe a parallel universe or the Matrix glitching. Um, and then also another one. People, including myself, remember the Monopoly man as having a monocle. Me too. So the one eyeglass. Does he not? He does not. He does not have a monocle. Lies. But I know he does have a monocle. Me too. But I guess we're glitched into a universe where he doesn't right now. And then I bet in a year he'll have a monocle again. Well, this is also, crazy. 
sorry, this it's just crazy because a lot of these I feel like are big things from our childhood. So it makes me wonder when it like this. It makes me think that there was a massive glitch in the Matrix that happened some point in our childhood or in our teenage years that has since split like the world. Oh, that's so weird. I mean, another example that's not even from childhood, this is just like a historic thing and many people have seen it, is the Mona Lisa. The Mm -hmm. Mona Lisa, the current Mona Lisa, has a little smile, a little smirk, but a large number of people remember the painting as being much more somber in expression. Interesting. I remember it not like not smiling. Do we have is are there any photos or ev- any evidence of the comparison? I didn't look at that one. Okay, cuz I'd be interested. But probably. But it's hard. It's like is it photoshopped like, you right. Know? That uh, yeah, that's the hard thing with the internet because so I went to the Louvre when I was in Paris and I went to go look at the Mona Lisa, but it's just like you're basically just like shoved in the armpits of strangers when you try to do that. So I didn't get that close to it. And in my mind, I imagine, I I see it as somber, but I wonder if it's more somber than I, or if it was more somber than I'm picturing it. But I don't know. I remember it as being like not smiling at all and thinking that's weird that they would paint someone who's not smiling and like the eyes following you everywhere. And I remember it differently, but maybe that's just me. Yeah, I hear the eyes still follow Um, But one more example of something that's pretty crazy before I get into my story. Okay. I'm going to give you a little mini story of a woman. Mm -hmm. This woman has photographic proof of her graduating from a college that she never attended. What? She went to a college on the East Coast for about two years. She's just her freshman and sophomore year. But then she transferred to a school out in the Midwest so that was like, what, 1,500 miles away? Mm-hmm. Um, and she graduated from that school. She did her junior and senior year there, and she graduated. And she has all her photos of graduating from this Midwestern school that she went to. So after graduation and years pass by or whatever, and she is visiting her friend, her best friend from that first college that she went to her freshman and sophomore year, and they're just looking through graduation photos. And she notices herself in the photo. <gasps> In full graduation uniform. What? And graduating from the school. Did the friend... I... That blows my mind. Right. And, okay, so there's a photo of her, like, by herself posing, graduating. And then there's another photo of her with her best friend in the photo and also her best friend's mom in the photo. And both the best friend and the best friend's mom like freaked out when they saw the photo once she pointed out and was like that's me they like lost it and they were so wigged out because she wasn't there she didn't graduate right. there they don't remember her being there oh but in i have photos chills. she's there and she even has photos of her by herself posing and another thing that's weird was she is someone like if you compare her actual graduation photos with the graduation photos from this other college she is in her actual graduation that she remembers, she's wearing makeup. Her hair is done really well. She's very tidy. She took care in her appearance. And then in this other one, she's kind of disheveled. Her hair is like, I mean, it's done, but it's not like perfectly curled right. like the other one. She's not wearing like any makeup. And she's also wearing clothes underneath her robe that her, she said like she didn't own. She was like, I don't have that skirt. I've never owned that oh my skirt. Oh, gosh. But the person in the photo, her in the photo, 
was wearing that skirt. Oh, it's like a weird astral twin situation, but also like a what if that's what would have happened or what she would have been like had she stayed at that school. Had she not graduated or, yeah, transferred. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's like by far one of the weirdest ones and one with like photographic proof that's of the glitch. Um, but I have another another story for you guys. Okay. I chose an example that is extremely popular, one that many of you guys have probably heard of or maybe you haven't heard of, but it's by far the most – I shouldn't say it's the most because <laughs> it's definitely not the most, but it's still very mind-blowing. And this is the Tombstone Thunderbird. I don't know Do you it. know this one, Sabrina? No. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Okay. So an inordinate amount of people remember seeing a photograph of – it was called the Tombstone Thunderbird or just like the Thunderbird photo. Mm-hmm. And this photo was thought to have been taken back in um, 1890 and the Tombstone Epitaph, which was the local newspaper in the area, wrote an article on the men who came across this Thunderbird. And the article was published April 26, 1890. So what happened was these men – were out in the desert and they see this massive, massive bird that's thought, I think, in a lot of Native American uh, stories, mythologies, et cetera, beliefs, to be a thunderbird, okay. which to us looks a lot like a pterodactyl. <gasps> so they see this massive creature and they notice that it's having a little bit of trouble flying. Like it's not flying very long distances. It's probably tired or maybe got injured or whatever Mm -hmm. so they're like "Mm, let's follow it and so they start following it on horseback and they eventually catch up to it and they shoot it with their rifles and kill the bird oh that makes me sad then the local newspapers and people and everyone come in and they take a photo of the men with the thunderbird the pterodactyl Mm mm-hmm and supposedly the creature measured 92 feet in length and its wingspan oh was 160 my. feet long. What? Yes. No way. Crazy. That is massive. Uh-huh. In the photo, it's hung from the barn or it's like right behind the men and the men are all standing below it. So it kind of gives you a a uh, visual of how large this bird is. Right. And the photo was published um, supposedly in the tombstone epitaph and also in many books and magazines. But when people go back to these books and magazines and newspapers, they can no longer find the photograph. What? And at the time, people were talking about how amazing it was that there was photographic evidence and adults remember being children and being excited over the photo and the article. But somehow there's no photo. The article is there. There's a legit article written about this massive creature being shot mm-hmm. but the photo is missing and so many people remember the photo including people that were close to the story very um reliable people reputable people scholars authors etc they all remember the photo but the photo is nowhere and to add to the story, Fate Magazine ran a story that included the photo, but when it was pointed out later that the photo was in fact not in the magazine, the editors swore that they had published it. So they went to their archives and they searched through their archives to find the photo, but nothing came up. They could not find it. 
Saga Magazines remembers it being in print and referenced the photo. And also, I will say um, Saga Magazine is kind of some people blame the the writer in Saga Magazine because he's, I guess, like he embellished the story a lot. And they believe that maybe he implanted this false memory of a photo existing oh, and blah, 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 by his article and his reference to the photo. Or it was the Matrix. Or it was the Matrix. A glitch in the Matrix. Other people remember seeing it in Reader's Digest, Time Life Magazine, Mysteries of the Unexplained, and so on and so on. A boatload of people not only remember the photograph, but some people even claimed to have copies. But when they go to grab their copies, there's nothing. They can't find it. So it's like you have a memory of this really amazing, Mm. cool, special photo. You put it away in storage in your attic or in your bedside table or under your bed or wherever you put your stuff under your bed in the hole in your wall yes and it's just all of a sudden not there and you have a memory of holding this putting it in a certain place for safekeeping and then when everyone's like that's not real you're like okay you guys are weird i have proof you go to gather your proof and it's no longer there it makes me think that something greater in whatever this universe is is trying to hide the existence of the Thunderbird or it's like trying to hide like what it looks like. And also another thought, this is this is a prime example of why Bigfoot and other cryptids don't show themselves to us because we would just shoot them. Crazy people. And two, it's, it almost reminds me a little bit of Hunger Games. Like if this was a simulation, what if for that moment it was like, you know, the tracker jackets are sent in or the gas <gasps> is sent in. It's oh. the Thunderbird is sent in. And then when time is up, it's boop. Poof, on to the next level. Oh, that's so weird. weird. Uh, Back in 1930, Horace Bell wrote a book called On the Old West Coast, where he detailed the Thunderbird, who was thought to have existed in that area during that time. So not only was just a Thunderbird shot and an article wrote about it, written about it, but they believed that there were actually, there was actually a Thunderbird that was like living there for some time. And there were Hmm. numerous sightings, which Bell reported on, and a lot of other people reported on this, too. I'm just talking about Bell's book, because it's easier to say one person than 500. Right. And supposedly, there were numerous sightings of this Thunderbird in that area from 1881 to 1886. So something was there. Right. And then, four years later, in 1890, the Thunderbird is shot, killed, an article and photograph is taken, sparking the whole article and photo evidence debacle that we know today so if you go onto the internet and you google this you're going to see a lot of photos claiming to be the photo right of cowboys with pistols and they're standing in front of a pterodactyl and blah 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 blah. but almost all of these have been proved to be fake they're all photoshopped right that's the, um uh, and also none of them match exactly what people remember seeing in the print so that's really weird, too, because not it's not just like people are like, oh, that must be the photo that I remember. They all have a very specific memory of something. And when they see these other photos, they're like, no, it's close, but that's not that's it. That's not it. Interesting. So some believe that it's a glitch in the matrix, matrix, but others believe that maybe a time traveler stopped the photo from being taken in our dimension, <gasps> and thus the photo disappeared but it just didn't disappear from our memory. Oh, it's like back to the future. And that is a tombstone Thunderbird. Whoa. 
That is wild. Yeah. I just think it's so crazy when people all have a memory and it's not just like they're like, okay, like accept whatever. Right. But their their memories are specific and they know when something doesn't match up, which makes me think that it's not a false memory. Right. I I mean, that's the biggest thing is if, if you're experiencing with this with so many other people, it's like, I, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine it's false. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to talk about time slips. I love time slips. Me too. I have to give two shout outs. One is to one of our listeners whose name is Sky because one of the stories I will tell, uh, Sky recommended. And then I need to give a thank you to Marie D. Jones who wrote extensively on the topic of time slips and gave me a lot of information for this topic. Perfect. Okay, so what exa- what exactly is a time slip? It's a bend or fold in the forward motion of time. And there are tons of examples of time slips and people who have experienced them and have been experiencing them for almost all of time. So people who experience time slips note that it's a very disorienting experience and it feels as if they've traveled to an entirely different time and sometimes a different space. It's both a temporal and a spatial glitch glitch in the matrix. And a lot of people who have experienced time slips report a very similar experience that where before they go, before the time slip happens, they tend to see a green fog or mist that they walk into. And as they walk into the mist, people start to feel disoriented. There's like a sense of electrical charges going through them. That's so strange. They get dizzy, nauseous. People have like itching skin or burning. Their ears pop like as if the air pressure is changing. Mm -hmm. And then... Uh, a lot of people say that there's a presence of in- infrasound, which is why people uh, experience dizziness, disorientation, and vomiting. Okay. It's just so crazy because it's like all of that together is such a weird experience. I, it's just like – it just blows my it, mind. It almost reminds me – I know I've referenced this before and I forget which president it was. But one of the presidents like way back when was flying down south from Cuba to Florida or something like that. And all of the clouds around them became like really weird and what? and they flew into them and they beat a lot of time. It was like a what would have been a two hour flight turned into a twelve minute flight. What? They like That's jumped crazy. through time. And they were very confused. There are actually a lot of experiences with flights and like I think there's a new show called Manifest that's coming out that's based on this concept that these people go on a plane. But five years pass before they actually land. So when they land, it's five years later. But to them, Whoa. it's only been the time difference. That's so crazy. Yeah. So when people return from the slip, they sometimes are hundreds of miles away from where they started. And other times it's like hours to days later than when they initially walked into this time slip. So in the article by Marie D. Jones, she referenced a book called Time Storms by Jenny Randalls. Jenny Randalls is a British journalist who's also written extensively about UFOs and time travel. Uh, And in her book, she documents hundreds of cases of time slips all over the world. So I immediately added this book to my cart in Amazon because I want to read it. So in case after I'm done talking about this, anyone else wants to read it, it's called Time Storms by Jenny Randalls. So time slips can be explained or people try to explain them in so many different ways. Like, is it a slip in the matrix or is it an anomaly of the brain or memory like deja vu? 
Or does it involve sliding into a parallel universe or timelines? Is it your brain turning to autopilot? And I don't know, Corinne, if you've ever experienced this, but like when you drive places that you've gone before, do you ever kind of slip into like a hypnosis of sorts and then 10 minutes later you're like, oh, I don't remember driving the past 10 minutes? It's not that I don't remember driving. It's just that I'm like completely in my head. Right. Like I I remember existing for the past 10 minutes. Right. But like in terms of driving and making decisions about slowing down and abiding the street rules, the driving laws, (laughs) I don't remember that. Right. But I think that's just part of like when you've been driving for a long time, you just kind of zone out and your body just does what you're supposed to do. It's like muscle memory. Right. It's your subconscious kind of taking over. So I actually in high school was um, I was hypnotized after my prom. I think it was my junior year. I did that too in really? high school. Yeah. Um, but the guy who did the hypnosis, he said, he did this whole like speech about how when you're hypnotized, you won't ever do something that you subconsciously wouldn't do. Because mm-hmm. when you're hypnotized, it's just your subconscious taking over, which is what the feeling of autopilot is and what people try to explain time slips as. But it's such a difference to me. I think it's so different. It's like it's not a time slip at all like i feel like hypnosis or autopilot is just like you being so used to something that you're not yeah or even like when i was hypnotized i've everyone was asking me what it was like after and i'm like you're aware and i feel like at any moment you could snap out but it's just like all of a sudden becoming in this you just let yourself slip into this very tranquil state where you just don't think about what you're doing you just do it and if something came up where you were like oh my gosh that's horrible you would be able to wake up and be like nope Right. But if it doesn't hurt anyone and you're just relaxed and you're like, woo, let's just do it. Yep. I had a, I had a, uh, when I was hypnotized, I had a, a yelling f- match with another girl about who was sexier. Oh my God. <laughs> you know what I did? What? I spoke Martian. I sang, I sang the national anthem in Martian. Can you give us an example? <laughs> Absolutely not. Damn it. I want to know what that sounds like. Also, is he allowed to make, is your hypnotist? I think that's a little weird to have someone who's underage yell about who's sexier. It's like, don't call someone who's underage sexy. That's creepy to me. Well, he wasn't. It was me and another girl. Well, yeah. But didn't he give you instructions to figure out who's sexier? That's true. He should have just picked something else. Well, but who's stronger? (laughs) Okay. So I basically just wanted to say that those things because I feel like a lot of the things or a lot of the ways that people try to explain away time slips don't really explain it and can be unexplained. So whatever it is, the people who are experiencing it are experiencing a a type of time travel while existing in the present, which is just like crazy. And now I want to go experience time slips constantly because it's like existing in two places almost because it's still the present, but you're like going through the past. I can't even like begin to wrap my mind around (laughs) this. It's like interstellar. Yeah. Now examples of time slips. Like I said, this first story was recommended by Sky, one of our listeners, and it is called The Versailles Incident of 1901. So in 1901, Charlotte Ann Moberly and Eleanor Jordan lived in an apartment together in Paris. They were prepping their work to run St. Hugh's College, which was a women's college at the University of Oxford. One day they decided to, to go visit the Palace of Versailles and walk around the grounds. Mm-hmm. While they were walking, they got lost. And so they were like, well, we'll eventually find our way back. So they're just walking and walking. And all of a sudden, things start to get strange. 
They come across some gardeners who tell them, just continue the way you're going, you'll get back. They do. But then things started to look unnatural and they felt unpleasant. And they actually ended up writing a book that came out in 1911 called An Adventure. And they detailed their experience. So they wrote, the trees behind the building seemed to become flat and lifeless, like wood in a tapestry. There were no effects of life and no shade and no wind stirred in the trees. That's really scary. Yeah. One of the ladies recalled feeling inexplicably gloomy before entering the past. And it's dated, and she stated that some curious psychological conditions must have been present either in ourselves or in the place. So she believed that the state of mind that they were in it caused this time slip or the like energy in the place caused the time slip. Okay. So they continue walking in this weird warped reality and they come across a man who felt insanely evil. They just got like a terrible vibe from him. And they tried to go past him as fast as possible. So they avoid him and then they find a more handsome man who runs up to them and says, stay to the right, do not go to the left. This honestly sounds like a game. Like some of the right. games we were researching last week it was like if this person comes up don't say hi to them if this person comes up like I know. you can speak to them it's like creepy and the weird like the fact that it's lifeless and flat like it's not yeah where do you run you're stuck right so they stay to the right and then they come across a woman on the grass sketching someone in an outdated dress and Moberly, the one of the women said that she looked straight at her, but had some indescribable feeling that made her turn away, annoyed at her being there. So it was like a weird feeling of like, why are you here? That's weird, though. Yeah, that the woman knew that they were out of place. Right. I mean, it, it went both ways. Like they both they all felt like something was off. Mm -hmm. So then a young man directs them to the entrance hall and they follow a wedding party in and they kind of get a better feeling they feel happier and then they take a carriage back to Jordan's apartment in paris and they were like they get back to the apartment and they're like that was so weird but they couldn't figure out why so then a little while later they both went back to the palace of versailles and start walking around but as they're walking around they're like this looks so different than the last time we were here and they're like landmarks that weren't there there are trees and different plants and and all of this greenery that wasn't there when they were there the last time and then they're like let's look into our last visit and see if there was a wedding party there that day mm -hmm. there wasn't there was nothing <clears throat> there were no events planned and this is reminding me of so many of our listener stories that we've read too i know and this also reminds me of all those driving stories where people go through a weird fog and it feels like they're there forever and they have a dark presence in the car. Yeah. Or they feel like they've been there for 20 minutes and it's actually been four hours. Or that. Yeah. So so these two women start to do more research and they're like, okay, we clearly had some weird experience. Who were the people we saw? And it's believed that they entered a time glitch of sorts and that the man that gave them that evil feeling was Comte de, Comte de Vaudreuil. I'm pronouncing that wrong. But he was an enemy of Marie Antoinette's. 
So it oh, makes wow. sense that he was giving them all this evil vibe. And then that the woman that they saw drawing in the grass was actually Marie Antoinette herself. <gasps> That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. And okay, so this story really gets to me because it's like, one, it might just be a time slip, but it made me wonder if the universe has a memory the same way that we have memories. And you know, when you think back to a memory, it's kind of lifeless or flat with the way you look back to it. Like, did they slip into a memory of the universe? And that's why it's less detailed. Oh, I'm also just blown away that they can even, that they figured out who they saw. It could have been anyone. Right. That's interesting though. The, universe's memory yeah and now i'm thinking of lord of the rings and the big eye in the sky and like what if we're just we're all memories and a part of this big universes what if the universe is a creature but we just don't recognize it to be one well also the universe is infinite so like we don't really know what it is or what's out there so it's very possible it's a creature and we're just the organs inside the creature of the universe my favorite thing to do and also the thing that scares me the most is laying outside at night and looking up into the sky and just talking about aliens and how yes. big the universe is and how we're nothing and blah, 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 blah. It freaks right. me out, but me I love too. it. Me too. This episode is just like, it's just like that. And I was- It is. It's, it'd be a great episode. If you're not laying outside in the dark right now, listening to this, <laughs> quickly run outside. Okay, in 1957, there were three Royal Navy cadets that were taking part in a map reading exercise in Suffolk Village, Kersey. They were there. They were told to navigate their way across four or five miles of countryside and return to their base. So this boy, William Lang, was leading the two other boys, and things started to get weird. The entire town just became silent. The church bell stopped ringing. The ducks were sitting quietly and motionless, and all the colors seemed to fade or become dull. There were no winds, and nothing was giving off a shadow. And as they continued to walk through the village, they noticed that all signs of modernity, 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 why can't I say it? Modernity. 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 Oh, my gosh. Okay. (laughs) It didn't seem modern to them. There were no cars, (laughs) no phone wires, and no people. One of the boys thought it almost looked medieval. So confused, they walk up to the nearest building, and it was weird. They look in, and it looks like a butcher shop, but there are no tables, no counters. There were just two to three whole carcasses that had been skinned hanging, and they were green. They were, like, moldy. Ew. And they were like, this is weird. This is 1957. You never see this. Like, they had taken – in 1957, they were more concerned about health risks, and they would never leave moldy carcasses hanging like that in a butcher shop. Yeah, did they – in back in the day, did they feed moldy carcasses to people? Just you wait. Then they peered into the window of a house, and it similar similarly was very empty and seemed abandoned. And there was like a weird green hue to the home. Mm-hmm. So they got really scared, and they like start sprinting out of the village. They climb a small hill, and they did not turn back until they reached the top. One of the three boys remembered, suddenly we could hear the bells once more and we saw the smoke rising from chimneys. None of the chimneys were smoking when we were in the village. We ran a few hundred yards as if to shake off the weird feeling. 
But the more they thought about it, the more the cadets wondered whether something very strange had occurred to them. So years later, William Lang, the boy who was leading the group, reached out to a cyclical researcher, Andrew McKenzie. And McKenzie and Lang returned to the village and did a walkthrough. Lang pointed out the things that they had seen back in 1957. And McKenzie decided to go do some research. And the building that they had seen as the butcher shop had actually been a private residence in 1957. And the last time it had been a butcher shop was in 1790. Whoa. They also recalled that in their experience, the boys had not seen a church at the top of the hill when they ran up to it. But mm -hmm. the church has was a focal point of the village since 1420. So that church had been there since 1420. But wherever they were, whatever time they were in, there was no church. So it was before 1420. Right. So, But the butcher shop was in existence in the 1700s. Well, Did the, the butcher shop exist before then too? Yeah, the last time it was a butcher shop was 1790. So it was a butcher shop until 1790. That I don't know when it opened. But all of these details combined, combined with the fact that the town was completely empty, Mackenzie believes that the three boys traveled back to sometime between 1348 and 1349 because that is when the Black Death killed more than half of the population of Kersey, of that village. So it would make sense that the village was empty. There was a mold because there was no one to tend to. Yeah. People were all yeah. dead. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Ooh, it was probably so stinky. <laughs> That's your concern. Oh, my gosh. Could you imagine if they time slipped and then they got the plague Trapped. and died? <gasps> if they brought back the plague? Oh, my gosh. That's how the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. <laughs> Not with a bang, but with someone time experiencing slipping. a time slip and bringing back the plague. You know what always blows my mind is the fact that Cleopatra lived closer to the time the iPhones were invented than the time when pyramids were built. Whoa. That's just like, that's not even a time slip. That's just linear time. But when you learn about things from that long ago, you kind of group it all together. It's like, oh, right. well, she lived in Egypt, so she was there when the pyramids right. were built. Yeah. All I'm saying is if we go through a time slip, if I'm any time before like 1950, I hope I have perfume in my purse because <laughs> it's going to be rancid. Can't stand it. Listen to stories. <laughs> this is called I Startled a Ghost, and it is from Karen. Oh, my gosh. It was around 2003 when my brother moved away from home on the West Coast to the East Coast. About a year or so later, I flew down to visit him for a week. He picked me up from the airport, and we went to his apartment where I would be staying with him. As soon as we pulled up to his spot in his apartment complex, I got, a, I got the strongest was haunting feeling, total bad vibes. Oh, the complex was old. It consisted of a few buildings. And as we got closer to my brother's building, my bad vibes got worse and worse. Yikes. And when we got into his apartment, I was convinced that there was something evil in there. But I didn't really want to tell my brother that, so I tried to push it out of my mind. My brother gave me his room, and he was going to sleep on the couch in the living room. What a kind brother. That is very nice. That night, we were watching a movie in the living room, him on the couch and me on the armchair next to that, and my brother had fallen asleep, 
and I wanted to stop the movie and go to bed, but I was too creeped out to walk to the bedroom by myself, so I just kept watching the film. At one point, I looked up and I saw a strange man, probably in his late 30s, early 40s, standing in the kitchen almost directly in front of me. He has both of his hands on the kitchen counter and looks just as stunned and scared to suddenly see me there as I was to see him. With his hands on the counter, he slowly starts moving along the counter, all while staring straight at me. It was as if he was using his hands to guide himself because he wanted to keep his eyes on me and try to get closer to see if I was real. Oh my gosh. I freaked the fuck out. (laughs) I started smacking my brother who was laying on the couch and I, in a panic, started yelling at him to wake up. He woke up and by the time I looked back towards the kitchen, the man was gone. My brother is a skeptic, and so he didn't believe me. On my last night there, again, my brother was sleeping on the couch in the living room, and I was packing my things in his bedroom. All of a sudden, I heard the water running full blast in the bathroom next to me. Because the building was so old, I knew if anyone had walked into the bathroom, I would have heard creaking on the brittle wood floor, but I hadn't, so I was instantly spooked. I turned on the light in the bedroom and I knelt down on the floor to see if I saw any lights on in the bathroom, but there was no light. I was terrified at this point. I tried to calm myself down, telling myself not to panic. I just wanted to get out of the bedroom and make it to the other end of the apartment where my brother was sleeping in the living room. So I opened the bedroom door and I beelined down the hall to the living room, telling myself to stay calm and not to panic. As I'm walking, I say to my brother, where are you? And I hear from the bathroom, now behind me, I'm in the bathroom. I kind of relaxed and turned back around and took a step or two back down the hall towards the bathroom and say, well, why didn't you turn the light on? And at that moment, I heard my brother wake up on the couch in the living room and say, what? I fucking Oh my gosh. I ran into the living room and I jumped on my brother screaming, oh my God, oh my God, someone's (laughs) in the bathroom. And my brother didn't know what the hell was going on. But he went to check out the bathroom. He confirmed that the faucets were turned on full blast, but that no one was in there. And to this day, my brother believes my imagination got the best of me. But I'm telling you, I'm 100% certain I saw a man in the kitchen and that on that other night, he responded to me. Thinking about it, when the man saw me there and looked shocked and spooked, I wonder if it was a parallel universe or a glitch or something, and if this was someone who didn't know he was dead or didn't know what the deal was, but I don't believe that he's the only thing there because my initial feelings just arriving at the building complex was that something evil was there. Whatever the case, I'm happy to never have gone there again and that my brother eventually moved out of there. Thanks for reading, (laughs) you guys. See you on the other side. Karen. It's such a wild story because... Like the ghost or whatever it was, was just living its normal life. It totally. Yeah. And the fact that he saw her and was like, oh, my God, and kept his eyes on her and tried to slowly move towards her. It does make me think that it was either like a glitch, like maybe for a moment she was sent back in time or maybe even to the future when someone else is living in that apartment. Right. And they're thinking that they're seeing a ghost because she's sitting there on the couch. Right. And they're like, holy shit, trying to get closer and closer and like not blink or else the ghost will disappear, which is her. Right. Or even like the parallel universe thing, like maybe for a moment zipped over to a different dimension and someone that's not her brother is living a similar life. Living there. Living in that apartment at that same time. And I mean, this also brings up another question I had about glitches in the Matrix 
and if it explains paranormal things because a lot of people have a lot of their paranormal experiences are loved ones returning to like say goodbye or just just to be with them and i don't think the matrix explains that like or a glitch in the matrix explains that unless it's like that's that true person coming back from another timeline but like because that's way too specific and that would, right that insinuates or that assumes that people in a different timeline or dimension or whatever that that version of the person understands that they died in a different right dimension and comes to be like it's okay like that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense I don't know. It's all so complicated. And then I wonder what that evil feeling was. And if it's just because there was like a high energy that can explain the time glitch. And it was like if that land specifically had an energy that causes glitches. And that's like the right. evil feeling she felt. It's yeah. so weird. I have two short stories from Irene. The first one is called Loop. She says, so I had two experiences many years apart that kind of coincide. So to get right into it, I was around five when six, five or six when this first part happened. My mom had a friend and I was best friends with his daughter. So one day I was to have a sleepover. I was going to sleep over S's house. I'm asking names. So me and S get to spend so much time together that night. Typical kid things. We play karaoke. We run around, do fake makeup, just the normal things. Well, we finally start to settle down and I'm sleeping on the floor and she's sleeping on her bed. I was lying down looking up at the ceiling because I just couldn't sleep. I stared specifically at a vent near the ceiling. I don't think I fell asleep. I do not remember anything but staring at the vent as I went over the day's events as I tried to fall asleep. Suddenly, I see something weird in the vent. I assume it's some kind of mouse because it's moving. I stare at it as it seems to get bigger. I stare at it as it seems to get bigger. In fact, it seems to be coming out of the vent. I do not wake up S because I didn't want to freak her out. I stare as the figure begins to spill out like smoke. The smoke didn't disperse but kept coming towards me. Before it's so close, I could reach out and touch it. It turns into what looks like a skull and bones. It dissipates and is just gone. Again, I didn't have a transition where I felt like I woke up, but I began screaming. I explained what happened and just kept crying. They ended up asking my grandmother to come get me. And that morning, they found out that S's father had passed away after drinking too much. Wow. So skip ahead a few years. I'm like 19 at this point, and I have a weird dream where I'm standing in S's house. Mind you, we stopped being friends a long time ago, so this random memory was really buried. I walk out to where he was, and he was depressed. He was drinking and drinking. I saw it happening, his hurt and his sadness. I could feel it. I walked over, and weirdly enough, he saw me and then said, go to bed. I'll be fine, like I was a little kid. I walk off into the hall and think, oh my gosh, he isn't dead yet. I can stop this. So I ran to his mom who was watching TV. She was slightly annoyed because it looked like she had a recent argument with him. I tell her everything, but she doesn't notice I'm there. I'm beginning to panic. I try to open the door to the room, but I can't grab the handles. I decide to go to the vent. I crawl and see myself looking at the vent slightly curiously. I think, awesome, I'm still awake. I panic. What do I do? I call out, but the other kid doesn't, other kid me doesn't seem to hear me. She doesn't seem to see me. I try to get through the vent, but it's not working. I push and push, but nothing. Finally, I decided I can get through if only I was smoke. And then suddenly, I became smoke. I was getting through it and coming towards myself. I then think, what can I do to make me understand death? 
because I couldn't talk like this and I couldn't feel myself waking up, I decide on a skull and crossbones, the international sign of a warning. I guess my adult self couldn't remember that little me didn't understand this symbol. I woke up with tears already in my eyes. I woke up knowing and remembering I had seen this before. I remember remembered that I cried and went home. I remember I remembered that he never saw me out because he was locked in his room. I woke up knowing that night would be the last night my friend would ever have seen her father. I did reconnect with her after that dream. We are Facebook friends now after all those years. I'm not sure if this is really paranormal or a messed up dream remembering, but I was happy to see my old friend again and so was she. Okay, and then story two, seeing the future. Irene says, I've had many weird dreams, but this one is probably one of the weirdest. It was in my mom's haunted house and I was a teenager. I dreamt I had just woken up for the day and I'm not a morning person, so I rolled sluggishly, sluggishly out of bed and got to my feet. I yawned as I dragged myself to get dressed. When I was done, I realized I couldn't find my vest. So after a bit of thinking, I remembered it, it was dirty. So I had put it in the wash and then the dryer before going to bed. Annoyed, I go downstairs. Now our basement was weird. It was finished, but there was a door in another room where the dryer and washer was. In other words, the finished room and the washroom had separate light switches. I flick on the basement light. And when I go to the second room, I see the washroom light was off. It must have been a mistake. I must have turned it off because there's another light switch on the other side of the basement. I roll my eyes. I don't feel like going up the stairs again to turn on the light. So I decide to walk into the darkness of the washroom. I decided I will just walk the length of the room and lick the light on at the other side. I walk, but in the darkness, I could not see the pile of clothes in front of the washer. This causes me to trip and the angle gouges my eye out on the corner of this glass table that's next to the washer. I scream and vomit from the odd feeling and pain. I wake up. That was weird. I roll out of bed, sluggishly get on my clothes. Ugh, where's my vest? Oh yeah, in the dryer. I walk downstairs, flick the light on to go to the basement. Darkness. I roll my eyes and then take three steps in. Why three, I'm not sure. But it was like my body was like, no dummy, didn't we just do this? I stop, turn around, and go back upstairs. I flick the light on, go back down the stairs. I open the door, and there, in the path of my walking, is a pile of clothes I did not see initially. I walk over and angle myself, and sure enough, my trajectory would have been a corner of the glass table to the eye. I grab my things and run upstairs. I put on my vest and contemplate my sanity. Hope you enjoyed this. Not sure how I did this, but I'm glad I did, Irene. That's so crazy. Yeah. That's amazing. Can you imagine if like every time you were about to get hurt or injured, like you knew when to avoid? It's like final destination. Right. She saw what was going to happen. And she stopped. It's like a weird deja vu thing, but also how even her first experience too, like something is like sending her through time in a way to share experiences with her. Yeah. And warnings. And the fact that her dream as a 19-year-old, went back in time to warn her younger self. That just reminds me so much of Interstellar. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. With the bookcase scene. Through the bookcase. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it's interesting because she does it through her dreams. It's almost like... Right. But are they dreams? I don't think does so. Does she just think that they're dreams? They're definitely more than dreams. Maybe she's like, oh, that was weird. That must have been a dream. I must have been asleep. But what if she's actually consciously awake and going through these little matrix glitches and what if this stuff happens all the time to people and they're just like, oh, it must have been a dream. Oh, it's kind of like my feeling of, like I said, when I nearly get an accident in the car and I feel like, what if I actually died in that timeline and I jumped to another one, my alive self 
or like myself jump to another timeline where I'm continuing to live, but in that other timeline, I'm dead. How does that even work? I have no idea. We don't know any of this. It reminds me of a story when we were doing this research I read online. This woman had watched her daughter and her daughter's friends get into a car. They were going off on like a camping trip or going somewhere. And the car starts to pull out of the driveway and then all of a sudden it reverses. And she's just standing there watching because she was like, you know, saying goodbye and waving them off. And everyone gets out and it's like re rewound. Whoa. Everyone's doing backwards. And then all of a sudden it stops and they go through the same thing again, moving forward, packing <gasps> up the car, seeing the same conversations, getting in the car and driving off. And she was like, what did I just see? No. And later on in the day, they got in a car accident. But it's weird because if they had left when they were supposed to leave or like when they first left, they probably that extra however long, 30 seconds, they wouldn't have gotten in the car accident. But they were somehow supposed to be in the car accident. And so rewind, put them forward again in time just a few moments later. Or was it was it like it rewound because time was like, I'll give you a chance to like prevent them from getting in the car. But how would she know? I don't know. But like But if if she but here's the thing, that I feel like that doesn't make sense because if they had just gone off the first time they wouldn't have gotten in a Oh, you're saying like time actually rewound. Like it wasn't just like the time was yeah. still ticking. Yeah. Like that moment was actually frozen in time and it went back to the actual beginning. It's weird to think that like the people involved in that that were like packing up the car and stuff had no idea what was happening. What is time? Like, what if we do that? How creepy is that to think that, like, we're walking down, la, 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 and then maybe someone else sees us doing, like, the opposite. It's so creepy. Wow. This was a doozy. It was. Thank you, David, for picking this topic. It really expanded our minds. I can't say that I have any more clarity on the topic. No. I'm definitely just as confused. Well, I expressed my hesitation to you because I was like, I just... I don't know how to approach this topic because it is so expansive and that there are just so many things to discuss about it. It's a tough topic too because like the examples that we have, like how do you explain anything basically? (laughs) It's all so confusing. I don't know. Well, if you guys have opinions on it, please tell us because this is clearly a conversation that should be opened up and to the world because we clearly don't have the answers right so feel free to discuss in our instagram comments underneath Mm -hmm. the post for this episode we'd love to hear what everyone thinks yeah if you have any experiences of your own you can email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com does not have to be a glitch in the matrix story it can be anything it could be anything dream visitations pets family members spooky tales time lapse etc etc it could be anything um and then we have social media we have facebook uh, again thank you to crystal our new admin uh, yes. and we have a facebook page that you can like facebook group you can join twitter instagram um and then if you guys want to pick a topic as well um you can donate to our patreon it's uh, a bonus in two tiers in the Mambas and Papas of the BEKs and the Good Luck Black Cats all get to choose topics for episodes. What else? Oh, we have merchandise. Yes. We have merch out. We will have more merch out in a couple weeks. Yep. We're hoping to have it out in like two or three weeks, right? 
That's her goal? Yes. That's it. The reason that it's delayed is because we first have to order the products to make sure that they don't look janky. Yes. Before exactly. we allow you to have them. Too. We want to make sure we're giving you the best of the best. Quality control. Yes. Uh, and then, oh, we have iTunes. So rate and review us. Um, lift our spirits up to the Lord. You raise me up. <laughs> and um, I think that's all. Is that it? I can't remember what we said two seconds ago. Time glitch. And we will see, see you on, on the, the other, other side. side.